hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Hate in America is alive and kicking. How? Per the ACLU, at the time of this recording, anti-LGBTQ school and education bills advancing through state legislators in the following states. Brace yourself. Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, Connecticut, Florida, Georgia, Hawaii, Idaho, Indiana, Iowa, Kansas, Kentucky, Maine, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Nebraska, New Hampshire. And that's not all. They're also in New Jersey, New Mexico, North Carolina, North Dakota, Oklahoma, Oregon, Pennsylvania, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, Washington, West Virginia, and Wyoming. In total, there were 192 anti-LGBTQ plus school and education bills in these states. You're listening to Queer Money episode 394. And if you're a queer student, you're pretty scared. So today we're talking about and sharing how queer students can afford out-of-state college tuition in states that are a little bit more LGBTQ friendly. Now, on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Welcome back, folks. I know that 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 intro is kind of depressing, and I'm going to add another layer of depression on top of this. That's not all. 192 is not it. There are actually 409 anti-LGBTQ laws advancing through state legislators right now in America. All across the country. And in fact, as of the time of this recording, the state of Florida is considering expanding its don't say gay bill up through 12th grade. I think right now it's up through fourth grade. Now they're trying to make it up to students' senior year. So I don't know exactly where that's going to go. And by the time this gets published, but that's just, that's how you become president of the United States. And if you're scared about this and you're like saying to yourself, WTF, how is this happening? How are there so many bills? How is this so big? Go back and listen to episode 386 if you haven't already, because that's how it's happening. There are organizations and institutions that are using money, investments to fund this, and our community is not. Yeah, hate is very organized and funded in America. States that don't currently have anti-LGBTQ plus laws on their state legislature's floors, of course, take all this with a grain of salt. Some of these states, you know, they have them coming. California, Louisiana, Alabama, Ohio, Wisconsin, Illinois, New York, Vermont, Massachusetts, and Puerto Rico. Not a whole lot. And this, the, the concern here is that things will continue the way they have. LGBTQ plus people will leave states that are and cities that are unwelcoming as soon as they possibly can and go to where they do feel welcome and safe. And those are, as we're finding with the Gay City series that we're doing and publishing every Thursday, those are the more expensive states. So 
you have all that extra cost that you're going to take on because you're in a more expensive state. Even just being a student there is more expensive, right? Your things just cost more in more expensive states. The taxes tend to be a little bit higher in these more expensive states. So you, you can't avoid these expenses, even though you might not be having, you might not have earned income. But then in many cases, these students will probably stay in the state that they're in because they feel safe and they've already established some roots. And then they become 50 and 60 years old. And they're like, my whole life has been freaking expensive. And now I don't have a retirement plan. Yeah. So w- there is proof out there that that LGBTQ students are taking on a lot more debt. And one of the reasons that we believe this is happening is because, and this is backed by NBC News last month, they said that LGBTQ students are changing their college plans and getting the fuck out of Dodge, right? For, for a lot of them, they are moving to states where they aren't passing these anti-LGBTQ laws or they are more welcoming. They're looking for places that are more friendly. And that oftentimes, as John mentioned, is in these much bigger cities and state larger, more expensive states. So this episode is about how LGBTQ plus students can prepare to go to college out of state and not have it hopefully be as egregiously expensive as it normally would. We have 11 tips here for students to consider. Arguably, all of these aren't super easy and super accessible to everybody, but they are an option. And hopefully at least one or a few of these will be an option for most students. Some of these will be harder, I just think. Yeah. And I I know that for a lot of you who are listening, you're not necessarily at the college level, but this is generational wealth disappearing from our community, right? So if you are listening to this podcast, you know students, you know young people who are queer. Please share this episode with them so that they have some context and some things that they can do to help their lives be a little bit more affordable and we can continue to build wealth within our community. Exactly. So David, you want to kick us off with tip one? Yes. Number one is to apply for regional reciprocity or academic common market uh, consideration. So basically what this is, is that there are regional groups that of colleges, certain areas where they kind of group themselves together and say, if you're in this region, we're going to give you in-state tuition rather than out-of-state tuition. So there are some regional groups to look at. If you're within one of these regions, think that think about the states that you could go to within these regions. So some of these regions are the Midwestern Higher Education Compact, New England Board of Higher Education, the Southern Regional Education Board, and the Western Interstate Commission of Higher Education. Again, the whole idea here is there's kind of this reciprocity or if I'm in this state and this is a neighboring state or a state within this region, I can get out of in-state tuition at those schools as well. There are also tuition exchange programs that if you have a, a parent who works at a university in any or college in any way, shape or form, there is a reciprocal scholarship opportunity for dependents for eligible faculty. So that's something that you can look for if one or both your parents happens to work at a college or university. Yeah. And I think one of the important things is these aren't necessarily scholarships, but it allows you to get that kind of tuition level exchange. So the tuition you would pay at the college that your parent or someone in your family works for would be the same tuition you would pay for an out-of-state school. So there, there is a network. You'd have to check to see if that, if the school is in that network. Yeah, you have to do some homework. 
Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ community, through access to credit, tools to manage debt, and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. Tip number two is similar, but a little bit different. Look for states that have reciprocity agreements. Now, there are different states that have reciprocity agreements similar to the regional, but this is at a state level often, but doesn't always overlap within the region. So you want to do your homework there, If there, if you, especially if there's a school that you definitely want to go to that's out of state, just do your homework and see and do some digging to see if they have a reciprocity agreement with the state you're currently living in. And you may want to find out if the, this is common for schools where they have a campus in another location. So they may have another campus in another state, and so check to see if that is there's a reciprocity between that state, that location out of state. And yours. Number three is supply for out-of-state scholarships. So there are specific scholarships that are set up for students who want to go to school out of state. Quite a bit. Right. Because they know that it is more expensive. So there's the College Board Scholarship Search and FastWeb. Both of these allow you to search for those kinds of scholarships. Exactly. Tip number four is to apply for an external scholarship. There are a lot of scholarships that are granted from external donors. So you can do some, it's going to require a lot of Googling here. Just type in external scholarships and see where that takes you. Sometimes private individuals what have different, as we've talked about on episode 386, have a donor advice fund, for example, where they like to help sponsor kids going to school. Maybe not necessarily because you're LGBT, but they just want to help people advance education. And through their own donor advice funds, they might offer a scholarship. And there's also sort of different levels of those. So do some search on that as well. Number five here, apply to be a resident assistant. This is oftentimes something you have to do after you're a freshman, right? But what you can do here is basically you're going to be working for the school, for lack of a better way to say this, as a dorm babysitter. <laughs> but you basically can receive some sort of free, oftentimes for free or reduced housing costs when you are fulfilling these duties as a uh, as a resident assistant. You could just be the Mrs. Garrett of your dorm wing or your dorm floor. <laughs> Who doesn't and, want to and be that? you just aged yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody who's going to college right now has any idea who Mrs. Garrett is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number six, apply for institutional scholarships and tuition waivers. There are a couple of ways to do this. Possible waivers include being a top student. So if you're a top student, of which I was not, but if you happen to be one, that sometimes you can get a waiver through at a school that you might want to go to. If you're applying for a special degree, especially those very unique degrees, you could sometimes get waivers. If you're part of the foster care system, you can oftentimes get a waiver. And we know that many LGBTQ plus uh, students are in the foster care system or have been. And so maybe that's an option for you. Living in a neighboring state, again, sort of that reciprocity agreement thing, but this is sort of another angle. Parents went to that school. So we hear about this all the time, right? This is um, Nepo baby. <laughs> if you're if you're if you want to take advantage of being a Nepo baby, here's the time to do it, right? Yeah. If your parents went to a particular school that is in a more LGBTQ friendly state than you're currently living in, maybe that's a way that you can get out of Dodge. 
this has not been done before. I have not been able to find any information that anybody has tried this or if they have tried it, that it's worked out. But I don't know that there's maybe a better time to try this card, but maybe apply for the school that you want to go to and in your letter or you know whatever you have to do, I think, to apply in there, indicate that you're applying as part of an LGBTQ plus refugee. See if that works out. I mean, I, if you're if you're living in the state of Florida, I can't imagine that many colleges won't understand why you would want to get out of Florida. And so maybe try that card. Not sure if that'll work, but now's the time to try it. Exactly. Number seven is one that's a little difficult, but we want to encourage individuals to to give this a try. And that is to become a resident of the state that you want to go to school in. Now, again, this is a little difficult. It's easier said than done. Some things need to happen here. You either need to have your parents relocate to that state, and some parents are willing, maybe willing to do that. But the other thing here is to emancipate yourself, to actually be no longer be a dependent. And the reason why is because you would be filing your own state taxes, and that would allow you to then basically qualify as an in-state resident after living in that state, typically, not all the time, but typically for a year. So going to a state, living there for a year, you know, maybe getting a job at a at a, a business that offers tuition reimbursement. So you're kind of killing a couple of birds with one stone here, working for a year and then going to school. The other nice thing about this is if you are no longer a dependent, then you may qualify for certain tax credits that are available for students who are paying for tuition out of their own pocket. And what that basically means is that the tax, the way these tax credits work is that if you owe taxes, then you would not have to pay those taxes back up to a certain amount. You would not have to pay those taxes back because you're getting this tuition credit. So for example, if I have $2,000 in student tuition costs and I owe $2,000 on my taxes for the year because I decided to under designate on my W-2 form how much I would be having withdrawn from my paycheck, then that $2,000 would basically be wiped out as a tax payment that you would have to make because it's covered by the amount of, of tuition that you are paying. I have read, this, so this is alleged and we're in, any, in no way, shape or form advising this, but I ha- have read where some students who haven't emancipated themselves, they and one of their parents because they are dependent still, have at least on paper moved to other states. That is something that I've heard happened, allegedly. Please check with an accountant before you do something like this. Um, definitely not suggesting that, but let everybody know that that apparently has happened. Also, this may be an opportunity because our, our listeners tend to be a little bit older. If you're looking for a way to give back and maybe help build that generational wealth within the community that David talked about, this may be a way for you to offer housing for an LGBTQ student who needs to change residency. So if you do any of this, definitely make sure that you update your primary residence for yourself or yourself and your parent. And of course, collect the paper trail because if anything gets audited, you want to make sure you have a paper trail to make sure all this is on the up and up. Yeah. Typically what that paper trail requires is that you have to show that you have proof of residence in that state with a bill with your mail being delivered to that location. So do the work to make sure that you're pro- you're able to prove that you were an actual resident of the state. 
Yep. Tip eight is if you or your parent have been or are currently in the military, there is an in-state tuition grant through HR 3230 that says that you as the military member or retired military member or your dependents can go to any state school and get in-state tuition, even if you aren't a resident of that state. And that's through HR Bill 3230. So there are some bills that are good. Yeah. And definitely, I think this is an appropriate one because we often find that individuals who live in military households come from conservative areas of the country. And so they may be likely to be someone who is trying to get out of a tough situation. Yeah. Number nine here, try for needs-based aid. So talk with the financial aid office to see if there is some sort of of way for you to, and I guess this might be kind of going back to your refugee status, going back and seeing if there's anything specific that is offered to LGBT students because you're trying to leave a state that is not welcoming. In preparing for this episode, I did read a lot of high school advisors saying that students just don't utilize them enough. So definitely, they're the expert in in this topic. And great, these are eleven resources or tips that we're providing today. But definitely talk to your 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 guidance counselor. They are definitely the experts in this, and utilize them as best you can, as long as you're not violating any sort of state laws by saying why you want to leave. Yeah, and I would also encourage you to these individuals. That's their job. Their job is to help you find a place to go to school, and. Be up up front with them. Just say, I want to go to an out-of-state school and I need your help figuring out how to lower the costs. You don't have to say to them, hey, I'm, you know, especially if you're not out and you don't want to be out to them, you don't have to tell them why, but say, I need your help getting lower in out-of-state tuition. Tip number 10 is to apply for all those low-dollar scholarships. We have a friend through the personal finance community, Jocelyn Pearson. She has a business called The Scholarship System. We've talked about this many, many, many years ago on the podcast, but she went through school 100% scot-free from applying for all of the low-dollar scholarships that nobody ever wants to apply for, right? The $30, the $30, $50,000 scholarship, everybody applies for those, right? And her thought was, well, nobody's applying for these $100, $1,000 ones. So she applied for all of those and she was able to get six figures worth of student yes, loans paid yes. for. She went to school and it cost over $100,000 and over all of that was paid for through, I think that she said her highest scholarship that she got was $4,000, but ma- the vast majority were $500 to $1,000. And so she she just did, and she systematized it. That's why actually she calls it the scholarship system. She systematized it as to how to get out and apply for, literally, she was applying for hundreds of scholarships, but- That was like her part-time job. Yeah. And that's how she paid paid for school. So we aren't an affiliate. We're not making any money off of Jocelyn, but if, and she's a super ally of the community, if you want to check out her system, we highly suggest it. Or- do your research and figure out how maybe you can make your own system that's similar, but why recreate the wheel if one already exists? Yeah, exactly. Number 11 is actually scholarships in general. There are a lot of LGBTQ scholarships out there. Now, I'll say that there's a lot of students who are Applying competing for those. for those, especially as we see more and more students, more and more young people coming out and identifying as members of the queer community. So here's a couple of resources that we would suggest. HRC does have an LGBTQ student scholarship database, so definitely go check that out. Scholarships.com currently has 16 scholarships that are LGBT-specific. 
Campus Pride, which if you're a queer student, just sign up for and and be a part of this organization because it's a it's a great way to connect with other queer students but campuspride.org has 60 plus lgbtq scholarships on their site right now fastweb currently has 10 horizonsfoundation.org has 7 and then best colleges has 2 a lot of these might overlap so don't get overly excited there are there might not be 100 or whatever that we just counted out but check out those resources but then again also google I don't know how I, you know, I spent a bunch of time trying to find this information, but I'm sure it's not completely exhaustive. So can't hurt to after you check out our recommendations to see if you can't find any more. Yeah. So what I would suggest is that some of these may work for you, but some of them they may not. If you could find out how to figure out all uh, to get all 11 of these to work for you, <laughs> that would be amazing. That would... Obviously, if you did that, you probably would go to school for free and it may be worth trying to do that. But here are our 11 different things that you can do to try to get lower cost out-of-state tuition so you can go to a more LGBTQ-friendly place. Exactly. Apply for a regional reciprocity or academic common market consideration. Look for state reciprocity agreements. Three, apply for out-of-state scholarships. Four, apply for external scholarships. Five, apply to be a resident assistant or your local Mrs. Garrett. (laughs) apply for institutional scholarships and tuition waivers. Seven, become a resident of the state. Now, again, we said that may be more difficult than it's worth, but find the state that you want to go to and try to become a resident there. Remember the the, number eight, the military, uh, whether you're active or a veteran, their dependents can get waivers or in-state tuition at uh, state state schools. Yeah, at state schools state schools in each state. Number nine, try for a needs-based aid. Mention that you're LGBTQ and you're fleeing an unsafe environment. 10, apply for all low-dollar scholarships as a methodology to try to get a lot of money. And then number 11, apply for specific LGBTQ scholarships. Stay tuned for your queer money takeaway from this episode. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you for listening to another episode. Here is your criminal takeaway. Don't sacrifice your long-term financial security just to move to an LGBTQ plus friendly state today. With an eye towards your finances and with these 11 tips, you'll save money going to college that'll reduce your long-term life and college costs. Then remember to join us on Thursday. This week, we're going to cover the most affordable LGBTQ plus friendly city in the state of Utah. And then next Tuesday, when we talk about how to use dividend investing to increase your income streams, both for today and for retirement. Thanks again. Have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking queer money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.